Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Yeah, we look forward to every day. Uh, every game matters. Uh, I saw that match. Um, so everybody in this clubhouse works hard every day. Uh, they give it all they got, and right now, you know, uh, ball's not rolling our way, but we'll continue to battle and. Um, as we continue to work hard, we think we'll be able to again. That was an extremely subdued Alec Manoa after last night's 4-2 loss to the Baltimore Orioles. Load is Blair and Barker. It is Orioles and Jays are tied with 61 Wednesday on Sportsnet 590, the fan. You, all, you okay? Do you believe in... Are you, uh, no, are you okay? You, I'm, I'm, I, you know sure you're about, okay? I know what you're about to you sure you're okay? Go ahead and get this out of the way. Oh, Barker, Go ahead. Barker ate 17 Timbits in 42 minutes before he came in the air. Um, leave you it, ate 17. Leave it to you. Leave it to you. I bought a 20-pack. I bought a 20-pack. I don't think there was 20 in there. there were, <laughs> I, I got the receipt. There was 20 in there. I know, there. but I think they, they shortchanged us. There was 20 in there. Producer <laughs> Boffo had one. Yeah, I think I saw him get three at least. Producer, at I, least I didn't three. have any. And <laughs> I'm ready to come in the show, and I look down, and there's this empty Timbits container in the in the trash. Lance uh, never had any. Alish, <laughs> Josh, well, you hurry, you the folks before they didn't have any. Jen didn't have any. they sticking their hands in it. You got to. Sorry. 17. You know, it's it all, it's funny how it's when it's free, it always tastes better. Anyhow. <laughs> oh. You feel better now? What are you doing here? Oh, you're trying to get the TV set up. All right. Hey, it's that it, it's it's well, like, I mean, it's that it's that it's that mm-hmm. kind of day. It's that kind of day. Jays cannot win a ball game to save their ass. Mm. A loss today to the Baltimore Orioles, 307 first pitch, by the way, and the Jays are out of the wild card spot. Something I never thought I'd see in August. Not saying I thought they'd win the division. Never, never thought, never thought there'd be a day where this team would be out of the wild card spot. But it could happen today. Baltimore beating them 4-2 yesterday. Alec Manoa, uh, five and two thirds. Location, cost him. A couple of pitches. Again, offensively, the Jays scored. They scored. They had two batters to the plate, two runs on Vladdy Jr.'s laser beam home run, and that was it. The rest of the way was single singles, a couple of infield hits, and a whole lot of really dumb at bats by uh, the Blue Jays. Bad at bats, rally killing at bats. The type of at bats that make you wonder if the players realize. As their manager, John Schneider. Oh, the come word on, don't say it. I wonder if they realize there's oh, a sense on, of urgency don't, here. Don't say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it will make you wonder that that. I'm just wondering what, what everybody that watches the Blue Jays consistently 
sees. You think maybe it'd be they, good if they if. Do you think maybe it'd be good if they looked up one morning and thought, "Jesus, we're three games out of the wild card spot." I think they already have. And that would well, not the three games out of the wild card. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're still mm. a good team, and they still got. If you 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 just gotta you gotta muscle your way through it. You gotta figure out some way. If they win today. They're still in the, in one of the wild card spots, which is a plus, even though the, the way they're playing now. So you still got an opportunity to to do some things. If you come today and somebody other than the top three hitters in your order get a big hit, Oof, somebody's got to have you know the the. It's normally when you're. We said this last night after the, after the game on Jay's talk. It's normally when your lineup struggling the way the Blue Jays are. It's one at bat. And it was in the third inning with the bases loaded with Chapman. He takes two fastballs down the middle, and then it forces him to swing at a cutter, outer third, or on the black. It's away. Like most of the pitches that are away, are how they're getting the right-handed hitters out consistently for the Blue Jays. It's why, you know, you'd ask yourself with the bases loaded, and that's why the manager moved you up. It's because you're having better at-bats than the guys that used to hit fourth and fifth. That's why he moves you up, and then you go up and you take two hitters down the middle. That's three strikeouts as well. It's a, it's a, it's a, it is a little odd. I will say this. It is a little odd that they continue to allow okay pitchers, not great pitchers. The, the pitcher, the starting pitches that, that the Blue Jays have faced Kramer, in New York yeah. aren't, aren't, they're not great. They're, 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 they're executing because it's not real hard to execute. You know, you got it. You got a, a smart young catcher behind the plate. You show them in enough to get them out of way a lot. That's the theme, right? It's, it's I'm gonna I'll throw a couple of changeups, I'll throw a couple of breaking balls, I'll throw some fastballs in just to keep you honest. But I want to get you out with cutter, fastball, or slider away. It is odd that they continue to allow that to happen. I, I just don't understand why. Okay, if that's how you want to get me out, I've had enough. Stand closer to the plate. That and sounds really simple. I, well, why why shouldn't it be? It's been going on long enough. Like, you would think they – because they have meetings all the time. The, a meeting they'll, yesterday. They'll have meetings that we don't know about. Yeah. For, right. So they have meetings enough to that somebody would have to raise their hand and go, other than one, two, three in the order, everybody else, how come you guys aren't scooting closer to the plate? It's not mechanics. It's not timing. It's not your swing. It's not fear. It's not the iPad that it's you have to fear. run over after yeah. every at-bat and see how they're throwing you. You know how they're throwing you. I just – that for me, when you watch – I just don't I don't understand that. I just nobody would ever explain that to you. And again, they are creatures of habit. They've had success doing it one way, but every once in a while, there has to be a little enough. I'm at least going to make them do something different. Even if I get out, at least I'm trying to not go up and stand in the exact same spot all the time and just allow a okay pitcher, not great pitchers, okay pitchers to go six and seven innings off of us. When they shouldn't be, because of the, where they're throwing the baseball, that that for me is a little odd. And as we start today's games, the New York Yankees, who uh, the Jays will play a four-game series against the Yankees in the Bronx starting tomorrow, they're kind of stinking right now too. They've lost three in a row. They're still seventy-two and forty-five. They're nine up on the Tampa Bay Rays, but. It's almost panic stations in New York. They're bringing up uh, Esteban Florial, one of their prospects, to give the team a boost, which I think most of us thought Frankie Montas was supposed to be the guy to 
give them the boost. They'll get Giancarlo Stanton back eventually, but I mean they're just getting they they have a lot of guys that just flat out aren't hitting now. There's a lot of similarities between them and the Jays offensively right now. But um, as 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 we said, the Yankees are still they're nine up in the wild card race. The Blue Jays are hold down the final wild card spot. See? Tampa Bay and Seattle are still tied. Just call up the wild card standings here. The come on, internet. Seattle's game and a half up. Sorry, they're not tied. Seattle's 64 and 54. They're game and a half up. Tampa Bay, 62 and 53. They've won four in a row. The Blue Jays are 61 and 54. Tampa Bay, 61 or Baltimore, 61 and 55. A Baltimore win today, and the Blue Jays fall out of the wild card standing. Do you believe in biggest game of the year? No. Most important game of the year? No. Must win game? Not yet. No. I, 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 I know I, where you're going, I, I but think no. I, I think I sort of agree with you, but when you've heard players, the players that play every single day, have came out and said, we were trying too hard early in the season because of the expectations. You think, Jeff, I'm just asking, with the at-bats that we've seen lately, you think if they move out of the wild card, and they're in fourth place in the wild card, whatever. They're not in one of the top three spots. Right, right, you don't right. think they can take a step back and say to themselves, don't try too hard. Just go up and take give I'm take not, what the pitcher gives you. You I, think they're capable of doing that? I'm not buying the trying too hard. I'm sorry. Uh, it's not my words. Yeah. Some good players. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. came out and said early in the season he was trying too hard. It's a thing. You know what? I think that's... It's okay. They're human it's, beings. It's they try of, too hard. You know what? I think... But I also think in a lot of instances, that's one of those things where I'm tired of this question. I'm just going to say something that'll make the reporters go away. It's very easy uh, to you say. Really, you really think a 23-year-old savvy enough to go, oh, it's well, not, I'm tired of Jeff Blair it's asking me this, no, it's this not, question, it's not so savviness. I'm just going to give him an answer it's not so he'll have something to talk about. It's not, ah, savvy. It's not savviness. It's human nature. Hey, hey, listen, every uh, athlete drops cliches. They do. They do. I mean, God almighty, the hockey team here, I mean, it's basically the same post-game interview all the time. And the baseball team's kind of getting that way as well. I, Yeah, trying too hard. Come on trying too hard i will say that there are expectations in this team but i think these guys are smart enough to realize it's not the try harder league i no i i'm sorry i don't i don't buy those i don't think mm. there's in this day and age i don't think there's a simple answer for something like this i don't think everybody in this team's trying too hard i really don't uh, you know i'm yeah, I, I just that, that's the league, league's made an adjustment. The guys well, haven't, I, I, haven't so, been able to possible. adjust back. Hey, it's possible they're bad years. It's possible there are a couple of players in this team that aren't as good as we thought they were. Like who? Not saying. They're certainly well, not. Yeah, you said it. Well, so who I, are they? I mean, Teoscar Hernandez, Bo Bichette, they haven't had the years we expected yeah. them to have. I mean, they haven't. Let's just say it the way it is. Now, does that mean their career is over? They're never going to be better? No. But I'm saying we put a lot of faith in a lot of players who put up a lot of good numbers in a lot of minor league, not a lot of, but in a, in a, in a couple of minor league ballparks last year. I, I, it's got to I get mean, back been, to my point about trying too hard. It. You just mentioned two guys who are fighting for a contract. That's trying too hard. So there you go. All right. I'm going to apologize. Take back what you said. Because you mentioned the two guys. No, I just expand, don't. Expand, over, swing. Uh, I mean, no. one, one, of I, those, you know one of those guys, I think he, he thinks he can do that You know what they want to do? Yeah, no, they're doing, they, they want to get, they want to get hits. 
I, I don't think I don't I don't think guys carry their contracts with them up to the plate. I, I really don't. Mm-hmm. They may they may think about it when they go home. Like Tyler O'Neill said you're talking about the, the St. Louis Cardinals and his contractual issues. He told Derek Gould, I don't think about it when the game's going, but when I go home and sleep. When I go home and when I'm by myself every now and then, if I'm by myself and I, I'm 0 for 12, I, I kind of look at it and go, yeah, I, I'm kind of pissed I, I can't speak to trying to get a contract at the big league level that those two guys are trying to get, but I can't speak to trying to stay in the big leagues. And I know you're scoreboard watching when you walk to the plate. Oh, I'm 0 for 9. These guys aren't. 0 for 9. It's, it's, it's exact same. You're, you're relating it no. to the, the exact same thing. These guys aren't worried you, about staying in the major that's leagues. That's not my Kevin. point. I'm trying to say that that's the way I looked at it. When a guy's trying to get a big deal, they're doing the same thing. Oh, by the way, I'm hitting 240 or 260 mm, in maybe. August, end of August, and I'm trying to get a big deal. It's not about them getting sent down. It's about them getting paid. Uh, and maybe. now you put more pressure uh, on them I'll, to try and get a couple okay. of hits in at bat, and I was, you don't you I, I do will, that. I will buy the argument that guys will – expand or try to be something. Now nah, that's wrong. Try to be something they're not. They'll expand or they will try harder because they want to get paid because everything we talked about this baseball, it's an economic, it's an, it's, 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 an, it's, it's, it's economics. It's a business. And you said, you said it, I, 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 I had to admit this. You said it best before the show started. Look at what the Braves are doing with their well, young I'm guys. Just, I'm just saying it, it's, yeah, it's understandable. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to get, nobody's playing this game because they love it. You know what? It's part of the deal. It's part. It's like any job. Your job. It's it's part of the deal. But it's also your job. You're an independent contractor. No question. You're an independent contractor. And that's and you know, you can be romantic about the game all you want and Cooperstown and Field of Dreams and yada yada all that stuff. It doesn't matter. It's an economic game. Guys are driven by money. And there's two ways that drives you. One, I want to put up as many st- big as, as as many stats as I possibly can to make a crap ton of money or two you know they showed a lot of confidence just, uh, in me they just, showed a lot of confidence in me and I I've said this and I don't you don't always agree I think they're guys that perform better when they have the security of a long-term contract I just do I do and and I've said this before I said this last year I I think the Jays and I understand why they're going year to year with, with, with Guerrero and Bichette. Less so Guerrero than Bichette now. But I understand why they're doing it. And I can also understand why two guys who come from, you know, families whose fathers were in the majors and, and, and made decent coin, I can also understand why they're not going to cut anybody a hometown discount. I, I get all that. But I just think it's a, I think it's a dangerous game to play. I, I've... I've said this all along. I think it's a dangerous game to play. At some point, uh, if you're going out there and throwing around six-year contracts sure. to guys outside the organization, and I'm I'm all on board with the Gosman contract, I'm all on board with the Barrios contract, I got no problem with that. All on board with the Springer contract, I'm fine with that. But if you're going to do that, then I think there has to be a similar approach with the guys you've drafted, you've developed, your guys. Those are your guys. Alec Manoa is one of your guys. I think, just me, I think you have to take care of guys like that. I don't think you can go to year to year, to year with them. I'd, I'm sorry. I just don't. I don't think you can do it. I think after, at some point it becomes an issue. Anyhow.
So, I mean, I've had my say on it. Doesn't matter because, yeah, obviously, it's not. I'm not. I'm not cutting the checks or anything like that. And 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 we don't know. We don't know how far negotiations got with anybody. We we just don't. But you got to ask yourself: Is this not a factor? Because this isn't this is this isn't the team we thought we were going to see. And then you couple it with something you've talked about with this lineup. You know, right hand, 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 right hand. No question. No question. You, you you couple that and and I mean I think there's I think there's flaws there has been a philosophical there's a flaw to the philosophical approach that was taken with this team in my opinion that's that's just me in my Solid opinion, opinion by you there's been a flaw mm-hmm. in the philosophical approach taken with this club I may be wrong I don't know this my opinion. just watch how the Orioles pitch mainly one through nine in this order I mean it's doesn't take a, a baseball mind to go, how are you going to get these guys out? I'm going to show them in, but I'm if one push comes to shove, it's going to be away, and I'm going to make them get two or three hits the other way, and I don't think consistently they can do that and beat us. That's the thing. I, this is what I well, – let's move on because now yeah, I, think yeah, we, I think we figured out that I was right there and you were wrong. But uh, but uh, let's uh, – the order. It's an interesting question about the order. I didn't ask it. Well, I'm going to ask well, you. No, because I want to give you credit you. because, I, you know, uh, we need – you never, I know you never watched Johnny Carson, right? Do you remember I've Karnak? Heard of it. I've the, heard of you it. You remember when uh, Karnak would come on? You know, the guy with the, the hat, the fortune teller? If you Yesterday just said I'd never show, watch it, how would I know that? Yeah, that's true. Yesterday in our show, you talked about Bo possibly hitting seventh, and we both laughed and thought, like, I mean, that's, no, that's never going to happen. Well, it happened. So what, what is your, I'm not asking you for your solution, because you didn't throw that as a solution. What other moves do you think John Schneider, first of all, do you like, the lineup. Secondly, what other moves does Don, John Schneider have to make? No, here? I don't like it because that by moving those two guys down, Teoscar and Bo, means those that Teoscar and Bo are not living up to what we thought they were supposed to be living up to, and that's why they're hitting now sixth and seventh. Quite frankly, let's be honest about it. They are six and seven hole hitters right now. That's that's why he moved them down. If they weren't, he would they would be in the middle of the order. It would be a perfect scenario because they rely on those two guys a lot. You'd rather them be hitting fourth and fifth, third and fourth, whatever it is. Middle of the order, not sixth and seventh. It just makes sense. I mean, I look, the, the, the issue that I had, and I said this to you yesterday on the show, is how would you sell it? And then I thought about who the manager is. And I thought about how long John has been around Bo Bichette. Because you're not selling it to, to, to Oscar. You just walk up, I, I think, because Teoscar understands that, you know, there's right now a, a couple of guys who are hitting better, and it's just the way it is. But Bo, just, yeah, it's it seems to be just by listening to him talk, the, the you know, the position he plays, he's a little harder sell. You have to be able to sell it to him. Well, John Schneider said, they talked about it on Monday night, and then they talked about it on Tuesday morning. So I don't know, I'm not going to put words in I don't know if that was, hey, this is what I'm thinking of doing, let's, Let's just sleep go on sleep on it and, on it and, think and tell me what you think. I, I don't know what the approach is. That's probably it, the, his mind was the made up, is. but he was going to give him an opportunity to talk him out of it. Yeah, and sort of thing. And then you know, and we're not we're not privy, nor should we, frankly, be privy to to how that that conversation went. Um, but no, you know, and I, I know John gets asked in his pregame sessions, or has been asked in his pregame sessions. All right, is this kind of is this the lineup? Is this the way the lineup, the way it's going to look going forward? And you know, and he says, 
his answer is essentially, yeah, but there is there is urgency. He's used the word urgency a lot. Right now, he's just trying to find a combination. He's trying to com- find a combination that gives his team the best chance to win. And I think you mentioned this last night in Blue Jays' talk. I think you're dead on. He's, I, his, his four best hitters are one, two, three, four in this lineup. Yep. And then the rest of it's kind of a wild card. You're, maybe you're playing the hot hand with Matt Chapman one day. Didn't work out. Maybe you're... Maybe you move Bo up. I don't know. Maybe you move uh, Teoscar up. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's essentially what we're looking at, I think, with this lineup. But the first four, in some order. And are, 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 you, are you in the camp that moving a guy down from this five-hole to the seven-hole can somehow tick him off mm-hmm. and light a spark? I'm not. See, I've been in situations like this where when I was a, a, a rookie with the Brewers and I was hitting, I think, fifth, and then they moved me down to the eight hole, it didn't do anything. It didn't hide the fact that I had played awareness, the ball in off the plate, the breaking ball. didn't hide the fact. It didn't change my approach or my mindset when I walked to the plate. Are you in the camp? Because I know there's a lot of people and that's been said that maybe this will light a spark in your bow. Did you see? I'm not like that. First of all, I, I, don't, yeah, I, I don't think Bo needs it. The day Bo Bichette doesn't show up at four and a half hours before the game to take his extra beep, you know, his extra ground. I'm not, I'm not sure that's, no, but, but, that's but, what but, they were no, talking but, about. No, but what I'm saying is that that'll, you know, that'll show me. Early I'm, work Bo, is not what they were talking about. No, but what I'm saying is Bo doesn't need a spark. Yeah, I don't think Bo needs a spark. I looked at, okay, Bo was in seventh yesterday. Four, three, ground out to the pitcher. Four, three ground ball outs. Do you notice a change? No. I I don't. I don't understand why they don't scoot close to the plate. I, I don't still don't get it. I think you're right. What, what I don't understand. What, what 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 this shows is, quite frankly, right now there are five hitters better than you and Teoscar. At least five guys, five guys who are hitting better than you and Teoscar. Who are right having now. better approaches have, at the plate. Who are than having they are. better approaches. And that that was the sugar coach. And you that was say the, it the right way. But that was the point made with 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 having Chapman hitting fifth as well. And it's true. You know Chapman's approach is that it worked out exactly the way John wanted it to work out. Bases loaded in the third inning after Chapman Chapman had already faced the starting pitcher yep. one time. You would think because of his at bats the way they've been going the last five to seven days, that's the situation you wanted him in. You would rather have him in it. Then Bo in it last night. That's the thing. Now, the question is, it didn't go well. No. Is John going to all of a sudden, is this a day-to-day thing, or do you got to ride it a couple of days? I Just just me, I think you do have to ride it at least a couple of days yes. to see how it's going. I mean, going. depending on how you, you don't, You don't always want a guy going to the lineup, rolling his eyes it, and going, oh, look, now all of a sudden it, now I'm hitting. Well, the only thing so is. you don't want that. The, the You know, one of the issues from my point of view is your cleanup hitter is a guy who isn't going to be behind the plate every day. So how do you manage that? I don't think he's the cleanup hitter. No, but I just I'm, think he's hitting fourth one time. But that's so what, I think that's but, what that is. No, but but what I'm saying is that's why the idea that the lineup is going to stay the same, it's it's not going to because I don't think Alejandro Kirk's going to play every day. Okay, well, on the flip so, side of that, the way you're – they've scored nine runs in five games. Is Alejandro Kirk one of your four best hitters? He so is you have right to play now. More. He it's, still it's, is. It's August. If there's urgency, the way you've said it is – and you you, we, you may not have a choice but to play him more. I want to talk about the fifth inning. Behind the plate, I mean. Like, we've talked about the, the Chapman at bat. Fifth inning. Uh, Orioles put up some runs. And Kramer comes out. George Springer, 4-3. Strikes Vladdy out. Gets Gurriel called. Gurriel's called out and strikes. That Vladdy at bat, though, there was something interesting happened in that at bat. And kudos to, mm-hmm. to Buck, Buck Pick. Picked up on this. Uh, Buck Martinez picked up on this during the change telecast. Ups. Doubled up in the changeup. That's smart. 
that was Adley Rush. He'd thrown five. I was. This is what I was going to do. He'd thrown five changeups all game to that point. Yeah, but you see where they were at. Yeah, I, but this is that's what I'm. I I, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about about Rutschman. I know we're up against the clock because we're going to have C.J. Nitkowski join us. We also got Dan Shulman, Mike Soroka. I mean, if you want optimism, we're going to end the show optimistically. Mm-hmm. Mike Soroka, friend of the show, one of our favorites. You know about the Achilles injuries. Had a terrific rehab start. A terrific rehab start uh, uh, last night. And, um, you know, uh, it's just he's the, the guy from Calgary him. that we You yeah, really do. You really do root for no him. No question. And he's going to join us at 1130. And, of course, that's all the Braves need. By the way, did you see what the Braves did to the map? I'm telling you. The Atlanta Braves will be playing baseball after the Mets this year. Mets are going to be out before the Braves. I don't care how the. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, well, I guess I don't it can't. That's be a, I don't think yeah. that's a hot take by you. I think it is. You you have, you have the Mets as the best yeah, team but, in the history of baseball. Anyhow, man. we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later. But that that at bat with 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 Guerrero, kind of summed up for me the frustration a lot of people have with this. Really, team. I, not not me. I think I think the Blue Jays. That's their best hitter. That's the guy that can change the game. And you do things sometimes outside the box to try and give him a different look. That's for me what that is. For me, That's next level for me, stuff, the nine though, ground balls for... to shortstop, yeah. uncle with that. All right. Like that for me is more than the best hitter that you have. An opposing team knows it and thinks that we have to mix it up and can't give him the same look all the time. Everybody else, we can go give them the same look. Adley they're Rushman. not going to make an adjustment. We can get them out. Adley Rushman is going to be pissing off Jays fans for a long time, isn't he? I, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Like he's, uh, again, it will be interesting because of the way we've seen Kirk. He tried to impact the game both sides. Yeah. Can you do that as, as a catcher? Switch a lot, hitting catcher. A lot to ask. Oh, switch hitting run catcher produce, especially. Run, produce, and be great at the other side See, of the ball. I like, and, and this is now. Because it gets back to expectations. If they finish the year, the Orioles, Yeah. I don't know about a wild card, but real good, which it looks like they're going to. Expectations going in the next season are big time. It's an I find Will him change. I find him I find him to be one of the more intriguing players in the game because he could hit in the middle of the order, but I really like him in that number two spot. Switch hitting catcher in the number two spot. He makes contact. He draws draws walks. Got a terrific guy. You know, he's got a really I, good eye. I, at the I plate. like it that in his second at bat with a runner on second base after a stolen base, Alec Manoa pitched around him. Yeah. Bing. He'd rather he'd rather to get, pitch to get the to Santander. Dude, yeah, to get having dude. a good year. Yep, I mean, he's got twenty big ones, sixty. It was the right rings, thing to do. I think it was the right he thing to do. Pitched around him. Yeah, I'd tell you a little something. It was the right thing to do. Uh, C.J. Nitkowski is a host on MLB Network Radio. He's also the Texas Rangers analyst. Of course, the former major league pitcher. We'll talk about uh, Texas is firing a Chris Woodward, but I also want to talk to C.J. about I think something that has become the biggest story in baseball right now. And we'll talk about that. We'll deal with that when we come back. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fan Sportsnet 316, wherever you get your favorite podcast. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Showman and Mike Soroka will join us in the next hour. We've Ooh, also got tickets to give good away. Show. Yeah. We've also got tickets to give away for the August 30th game against the Chicago Cubs. 
and that's one of the reasons we mentioned you, know, you take a look at the standings and everything now. Keep in mind there are games against the Rangers coming up. There's games against the Pirates coming up. Oh, by the way, I forgot. They do play the Pirates, you said, right? Do they play the Pirates yeah. at some point? Get that Pirates clip, Lance. Get that Eckersley clip about <laughs> the Pirates. Not for now. Not for now. But later on, we'll play and have fun they with did. it. We'll have some fun with it. September 2nd. Yeah. Yesterday, the, uh, well, last week, of course, Fernando Tatis Jr. was given an 80-game suspension by Major League Baseball for uh, failing uh, a, a drug test. Essentially, he was found to have traces of a PED, one of the uh, restricted substances uh, in his body. Now, uh, he and his father have claimed that it was the result of a topical cream given for ringworm, uh, a fungal infection that resulted from a trip to the barbershop. Stop. I mean, I'm, I, I'm just telling you. You almost got through with a straight well, face. It's, I, it's, anyhow, that's, that's their story and they're sticking to it. Um, anyhow, so Fernando Tatis Jr. gets an 80-game suspension, which, and keep in mind, this is the guy who... Well, let's put it this. This is a guy who lied earlier this year about his injuries. Remember, uh, you know, I kind of, he was rehabbing and he heard his, he fractured his wrist in the off season. And well, I really, well, okay. Yeah. I was on a motorcycle and, a, and, and the, this one time I fell off the motorcycle was worse than the other two times I fell. He had a bunch of motorcycle accidents in the off season and fractured his wrist and kind of lied about it. Anyhow. So, and this, of course, is a guy who's in the middle of a, was it 13-year, $350 million contract, something like that, 14 years, whatever. Anyhow, so he gets an 80-game suspension, done for the rest of this year, done for the World Baseball Classic, which is really going to hurt the Dominican Republic. Um, they'll probably still win the thing, but done for the first 40 games the next year as well. Anyhow, so last night on uh, TBS, uh, first of all, Tatis Sr., Edwin Encarnacion and David Ortiz weighed in in the last 48 hours, basically saying Major League Baseball has screwed this up, that Tatis Jr. is a face of the game, that they're being too heavy-handed. Essentially, there have been allegations that if Fernando Tatis Jr., well, that there's different rules for Latino players and different rules uh, for other players. That's kind of the underlying tone of this. Last night on TBS, Jimmy Rollins... And Pedro Martinez had a back and forth about this. And the first voice we hear is Pedro's, correct? So this is Pedro Martinez and Jimmy Rollins. Then we'll bring C.J. Nitkowski on board because I want to talk about this because this is this is an issue that that threatens to split. Frankly, uh, the the it threatens to, to split major league players. Lance, play the clip, please. Now, since he got hurt, San Diego's been on top of him. And this is where I have to give him a pass because San Diego should have known what this kid is putting on his, on, on his body, but whether it was ringworm or whether it was a flu, whether it was whatever he put in his body. He's too valuable to the organization. Now, on the, Hold it. Yeah. You're saying in part the Padres are at fault? The Padres need to know exactly what he puts on 24-7. Should this they know is, that about everyone, everybody on their roster, what, right. they, what so they're putting on their They body? should. But, but, they should. but this is a decision that he made at home, about, or, or brought wherever he was. How do you know he was at home? He was. He was. He wasn't in San Diego at How the How do stadium. you know that? You know, we don't, we, you know, we don't know that. But what we do know is that there's a protocol in place that if something I, happens, I already you know, said look, that. protocol in place, friend, give it to you, grandmother, dad, cousin, doesn't matter. 
take it in, check it out. Thank you very much, but I just got paid a lot of money. Before I do anything, put anything in my body on me, period, I'm going to make sure it comes from them or I'm going to take it to them. And you know, when you take it to them, it takes about a, about a month before they say it's okay and clear. So you know that's going to happen. First line of business, but this listen, is what I have. Whether you're embarrassed listen, or not, this is what I have. This is You don't have the rash. This, this is what I need. You don't have so the ring on. Can't, like, like, we're not questioning say how the bad he was we're, feeling. But we're, we're not questioning He the needs chance. medication. Regardless, you, you still have to go through protocol, Pedro. And that's, and yeah, that's you the part you're talking about. You go through protocol. He lied about an injury. Yes, he did. So, which it, is not related to the right, protocol. Right, right. Which is not related to the protocol. But go, go through the right lines. That way, if something happens, you can say, this came from the team doctor. He doesn't have that bailout. He doesn't have that. I, that, that I way totally to agree with that. A hundred percent. And you can't put the Padres I agree with that. that. If but, I do something off the field, I could go to my car but and listen, put something on or, or, you know, that's on me. So he has to take on that. I'm going to take a, a, a white Padres. flag and I'm going to throw it out there and Got not it. on behalf of Fernando Tatis. That was uh, back and forth. Ernie Jones also involved in that. Uh, let's bring in CJ Nit- or Ernie Johnson, sorry, also involved in that. Let's bring in CJ Nitkowski, MLB Network radio host, Texas Rangers TV analyst, former Major League pitcher. CJ, thanks for joining Kevin and myself today. Um, I wanted to ask you about, look, you know, Pedro, Edwin Encarnacion, David Ortiz, Fernando Tatis Sr. Now, he's his father, so he's going to have stuff to say. Hey, you're a former Major League player. You you know, you know, knew your way around the Major League Baseball Players Association as well as anybody. You've been in clubhouses, all that stuff. Does this have the does this have the potential to be a real issue just among players in general here? Because it sure seems as if a lot of the Latino players have an issue with this. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard a lot of Latino players speaking out. I only heard what, what Pedro had to say. I mean, if there were active players in clubhouses right now that felt like this was some kind of hose job, then I guess um, maybe there's a discussion there to be had. Um, but I think my guess would be that most of the guys understand that you uh, take some chances, and if you take some chances and you lose, you're going to face a penalty. And this is a severe one for a really great player and an unfortunate one. Um, no doubt, bigger picture for our game, but I, I don't think so. I, I just I don't think that you're going to get the majority of players that say, "Yeah, there's a different set of rules," um, depending on who you are and where you come from. Uh, rules are rules, and if you test positive, you're going to get suspended. And for me, that it seems pretty bottom line there. I was a little surprised, you know, listening to Pedro heard it yesterday as well, trying to place this on the on the Padres. Like anybody, that's, you know. You get sick and you're a big leaguer. You have the option to go to the trainer if you want to. I'm not feeling great. Here's my symptoms, especially now. Of course, everything that's been going on with COVID. But, you know, if you have a cold or something and you want to take some cold medicine or whatever, go for it. But, I mean, ringworm is something you'd have to get diagnosed, I would assume, by a doctor. I wouldn't know if I had it. I don't know how many big leaguers would know if they had it. So you had to go somewhere to some doctor, and it obviously wasn't a team doctor, uh, to even get diagnosed and then take a medicine. That's on you as the player. CJ, you think 80 games is enough? Like the first, the first uh, offense, eighty games is enough. Yeah, Bark, it's a great question, man. I just, I really wonder now because mm-hmm. what changes for Fernando Tatis Jr.? Not a ton, right? I mean, he's sure. not going to lose that much money. The the contract is so heavily backloaded. It hurts your team. Your teammates are furious. We saw the reaction from the guys in the clubhouse and how furious they were, and AJ Prowler, and Bob Melvin, and everybody. Uh, really upset about it because they know what it means, the loss of the player. But it's, I think it's a discussion that probably has to get opened up once again. Even though we've seen these things slow down, they're not going away completely. Now, I do think we also have to be aware of false positives and some of the things that we have seen happen over the years where I think guys have made a pretty good, reasonable case 
of why they should not have tested positive. But at the same time, maybe. I think it's something that maybe Major League Baseball has to consider a full year. What do you do if you're in a long-term contract to really make it hurt? And there's also got to be a, a fair appeals process as well. Uh, just in case something does go wrong and you have a, a positive that really shouldn't have been a positive, I think everyone certainly deserves to have their case heard. But I think you're probably onto something because we still haven't slowed guys down completely. Mm, uh, that's, I mean, that, yeah, that's that's certainly interesting. I actually hadn't thought of it that way. I was kind of taking the other approach, one of the faces of the game. I understand you have to have equal justice. I, I get that. I'm not saying that, well, you're a great player. You're one of the faces of the game. Here's a 40-game suspension instead of 80. But it, I hadn't thought of, in, of increasing it. Um, it's interesting. CJ's played overseas. I played overseas. I knew exactly what <laughs> I put on my body, what went into my body. I didn't need to go ask. CJ, that's the big thing here. I just don't understand this. Like, if you look at a cream that you're not used to taking, and you're like, man, this is okay. Probably nobody else takes this, but I can take it. I just... Yeah. It, it sometimes it just, it just amazes me. I just don't get it. it. That's and I think the if you make the penalty stronger out the gate and basically say if you do this, it's a year. We're not messing around anymore. We've had enough of this. Now it's such a big name that's a black eye to yeah. baseball. We're just going to make it so egregious that if you do it, huh, it's a year. Yeah, maybe. We might get there. I mean, you bring up a good point, too, I think, just about being overseas. And, you know, you've done it, I've done it. And, you know, you'll play, like, in places like the Dominican. I played in Korea and Japan where they wouldn't even really think about it. I actually played. I had a teammate who was the first ever test positive in Japan. And uh, it was something else, man. The reaction that he got there uh, was a lot more stern than even overseas. You know, but, you know, I remember I went to winter ball at, like, I want to say I was 37 years old. Like, at the back, the very tail end of my career, trying to hang on by a thread. And it was the first time that I ever had gotten a B12 injection. I had a B12 and a Voltaren injection. And I remember thinking, man, where's this been my whole life? Like, it was amazing. And then I could see, you know, that unfortunately, and I think it's gotten better because we're tightening things up a little bit with PEDs. But when you sit there and look at the culture, I've certainly been guilty of this where you're like, oh, yeah, this will make you feel better. Try this or whatever. Not even thinking it's a PED, but somebody has something, whether it's a hot cream that he got made at home by you know, uh, a compound pharmacist or whatever, maybe you're, you're willing to try some things that maybe you should be a little bit more aware of, I think, in the process. And I've, I've been guilty of it. I'm taking PEDs, but taking some chances. And in today's climate, realizing, man, I could have went sideways if I wasn't more careful mm-hmm. thinking about what I was doing. And there's that culture in the Dominican, from my experience in a couple of years of, of winter ball, where you take an injection for just about anything. And I don't know how well better those really are. CJ, Where's your level of concern highest right now for the Yankees or the Blue Jays? Those two teams will meet tomorrow, starting tomorrow. We know the Yankees are bringing up Estevan Florial. You know, we also know that, I mean, they've, they're having some issues offensively, just like the Jays are. The Jays could fall out of the wild card spot uh, if they lose today to Baltimore. Who are you more concerned about? I think the Blue Jays because they're, they have real concerns about making the postseason, right? I think the Yankees probably can limp to this division title. I mean, obviously they're not going to break any franchise records, but we were once thinking at one point that they, you know, break that all-time wins record in Yankee history, and now they're they're still on pace. I think for right around 199 wins, so they're still in pretty good shape. You know, the issue for the Blue Jays is the fact that you're basically looking at, you know, all five of these teams, and if you want to, or all six, I should say, and if you want to include the Red Sox, make it seven. Um, that are within five games for three spots uh, in the wild card. And so that's where you start to have this really small margin for error. Now, whether or not the Orioles can actually hang in there, we will see. But they're one of these teams. Whoever doesn't win the American League Central, if it stays Cleveland right now, well, then you got the Twins and the White Sox. They're all right there within striking distance. So I feel at least as far as getting to the postseason, the Yankees are going to get there. I'd be shocked if they didn't. 
But if I'm a Blue Jays fan, I'm a little bit concerned about how they've been swinging the bats. A couple spots in the rotation have been an issue, and they're not playing very well right now. And so they do need to get it together here quickly because right now this thing feels like it's going down to the very end, and you just don't want to be within striking distance on the wrong side. Uh, of a game or a half a game going into that last week of the season. Sure, a key a key guy for the for the Blue Jays is Jose Barrios, and uh, and I wanted to talk to mm. you about him because uh, he's a spin first guy, right? He wants to spin it and then use the 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 two seamer and the four seamer, sort of the elevated fastball and the two seamer to get weak contact. But he's a spin it first guy. But I wanted to ask you about mechanically because I wonder, you know, he's an experienced guy. He's got a lot of starts, and it's just odd that he don't know how to self correct. Uh, that's maybe too strong. Don't know how, but he. He's had some mm. challenges trying to figure out in game how to just get the spin back on track. In, in past experiences for you, is that a thing that you've noticed with spin first guys that the mechanics are just hard sometimes to always line up and keep it going where you want it to go? I think I would worry more about that with him if the command had gotten really bad. I mean, you could make a case that he's throwing too many strikes. Yeah. But I mean, the strike percentage is at 68%. Mm-hmm. And as bad of years he's having, He's only had one start where he had more than two walks. That's amazing. That is amazing. In 23 starts, 22 of them, he's had two walks or less. So I, I, when I look at him, and, and I'm not saying your point's not valid, it certainly can be, whether or not he can make that adjustment. And sure. is it because he you know, likes to throw a lot of breaking balls? Is that the problem? You know, we saw him that first game when we were in town and you know, with the Rangers. I called games for the Rangers and saw that first start. He couldn't get out of the first inning. I was floored. Um, he's always been one of my favorite players. I just like the way he carries himself. I like the way he pitches. I'm like, oh, I'll get it figured out. And you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And, you know, when I, when I look at, you know, I don't, I don't get to watch his starts in detail as much, but when I sit there and watch or watch highlights or take a look at some of the numbers, I just wonder about him and that strike percentage. You know, it's, it, it's a good thing, I think, in a way to say, hey, maybe back off a little bit. You're in the zone a little bit too much, and that's part of uh, the issue. But, you know, as you well know, if you are going to be a spin-first guy and, and go that really good breaking ball that you have, um, the fastball command's got to be on point. So whether it's, you know, pitching backwards or changing some kind of theory in the way that he's attacking guys, and I don't doubt that they've gone through all of this mm-hmm. because the curveball numbers are great. I'm looking at it right now, 165 against the curveball this year, 378 with an OPS over 1,000 against the four-seam fastball. Mm-hmm. Like they're getting to that fastball in a really big way, but the curveball's been good. So, you know, how can he better um, almost disguise his fastball? To me, the breaking ball is not the problem. It's the squaring up of the fastball. Uh, that's just happened with too much consistency. Now, Mr. Barker and myself have been going back and forth about the NL East all season long. The Braves right now uh, have had a couple of really good games against the Mets. I mean, Mr. Barker's convinced that, and this isn't, I'm not saying Mr. Barker. He really likes, he, he really <laughs> likes to Grom and Scherzer. Okay. That, let's just put it that way. And, yeah, I, I know. But, going out on a limb. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. that's our boy Bark. He, he goes out on those, <laughs> those limbs, you know. Um, quite often he goes out on a limb when he's chasing nuts, but that's beside the point. Um, so Barker's gone out on a limb and really likes Scherzer and DeGrom. I think the Braves have beat the Mets in a series. Yeah, so far, you know, the, the first two games, at least this four-game series that they have down in Atlanta, um, I think were, were pretty important wins for them. They didn't have a great showing when they were up in New York, and it was almost a little bit of a wake-up call, I think, for the Braves. The issue you run into now is that you get both of those guys the last two the last two games mm. um, of this series. Right, The first two, they did a really nice job, um, but now all of a sudden you are going to get Max Scherzer tonight and Jacob DeGrom tomorrow. And so for me, that that's where you start to get tested a little bit. Can you take three out of four? 
Um, as I don't know if I said it right, Scherzer tonight, DeGrom tomorrow, but you're going to get both of those guys in the last two games of the series. I think, you know, it's obviously really important to get the wins head to head if you want to win the division. But then there's that mental component that goes along with this um, as well. So I think the Braves actually run a little bit deeper, especially now that we saw uh, Carlos Carrasco and Taiwan Walker. You should come up a little bit limp mm-hmm. here and we keep an eye on what that's going to mean for the depth of their uh, rotation. But I still like their moves. I mean, their deadline moves for the Mets I thought were great. I think we're starting to see that, that trend change a little bit. That We saw the Braves do it last year, bringing four outfielders to play a couple of positions and try to mix and match. The Giants did it all year long last year. And then all of a sudden you get Darren Ruff, uh, Tyler Naquin, uh, Daniel Vogelbach, not the biggest names, but three pieces that seem like they can really make a difference and they've been good so far if you use them right. So I still think the Mets are a really good team, but the depth of the starting rotation maybe becomes a problem. They're very tough in a short series, but do they have enough right now based on what's going on? One, to hold on to the National League East because the Braves do run a little bit deeper, and then can they win a seven-game series? I think it's a, a question that they're only going to get answered if we see him in the postseason. How big of a loss is Walker Bueller to the Dodgers? He's pretty big. Now, the anticipation was that it was going to be a while anyway. I think the bigger thing is, you know, he's going to have that surgery on August 23rd. Is they don't exactly know what's going on with that elbow. It's never something that is very settling. You're sitting here saying, okay, we know he's out for the rest of the year. We're going to cut your elbow open, and then we'll be able to really diagnose what's going on. So they could potentially, if it's Tommy John, they lose him this year and next year. Um, but we won't find out until next week sometime. They do have Dustin May coming back. Um, so that's encouraging. He's planning to start again this weekend, and he's already been in triple digits. I don't know what the stamina is going to be like. It's probably unfair to ask him um, to be the guy and all of a sudden just come out and crush it since he's missed as much time as he has. But, you know, they're in good shape. The Dodgers are fascinating to me, man, because they're also got to wait on Clayton Kershaw getting him back, getting him uh, built up. But the guys that have really answered for them this year, Tony Gonsolin and Tyler Anderson in particular, I mean, they've been amazing. But do you, are you really confident with them being like a two and a three in the postseason? Right, going up against, say, some of those names we were just talking about with the Mets or maybe even the Atlanta Braves. The Julio Rios is having a great year, and right now as it stands, he's probably your game one starter. I think they've still got a ways to go with these other guys. But uh, it is a concern, but I think we also knew that there was this was a real possibility. And I think now the question just becomes, how long is Walker Buehler going to be out? They know it's this year. Is it also going to be next year? Which would create a pretty interesting offseason, I think, for the Dodgers and, and how they attack things from a starting pitching standpoint. CJ, last question from us. We just have a couple of minutes left. Chris Woodward uh, has been relieved of his job as, as the Rangers manager. One, what does the next manager of the Rangers, wh- what type of profile does that manager have to have? And two, what would he be taking over? Yeah, so it's interesting. And first of all, Woody, and I know you guys know him certainly well yep. up there. Um, one of my favorites, man, I sent him a note yesterday and told him, I'm, I'm a better analyst for having um, had an opportunity to work with him for the four years that he was there. I learned so much. I think it's important for you know former players to try to keep up with the game and talk to as many coaches and managers as you can and just talk, see what they're teaching and everything else. And so I feel like I became better being around him for, for nearly four seasons, and I'm really appreciative of that and the time we spent together. Um, I would say that my guess is, if you look at the last two managers the Rangers had, it was Woody and Jeff Bannister and guys that had their first opportunities, and, and Jeff Bannister had some success. I feel like the trend has gone to experienced managers. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the New York Mets go to Buck Showalter. The San Diego Padres go to Bob Melvin. I feel like with the investments that they've already made and what they are going to make going forward, I think lends itself potentially uh, to somebody like Bruce Bochy that can get him out of retirement. And these are strictly guesses by yep. me. No inside knowledge uh, whatsoever. Uh, could it be a Joe Girardi type? I think Mike Socher, those are certainly some, some names I think that might come up. Uh, we will see. Tony Beasley's been in this organization for a long time. They're giving him a serious look. I think that's why they made the decision when they did 
to give him this six or so week run to see how it looks and how he does with his current group. But as far as what you're taking over, there's pieces in place. There was a ton of young arms pitching wise that they're working through right now. They had a great draft with Kamar Rocker and a guy that probably moves quickly and get Jack Leiter going, and it should be a pretty good staff. But they have money to spend still, despite the fact that they were well over $500 million last offseason. They have more to spend. They're in a really good spot where there's probably, again, just my guess, no inside knowledge, another 70 or $80 million if they find the right pieces hmm. that they could add, and then now have pieces to trade as well. So I think, I think it's an appealing job. Great ballpark, team that's growing and going in the right direction. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. CJ, thanks for this, man. Appreciate your time as always. Really good stuff. Thank Be you well. so much. Yeah. All right. My pleasure. Take care, guys. Take care. CJ Nitkowski, MLB Network Radio host, Texas Rangers TV analyst, and of course, former major league pitcher. It's an, that is an interesting job. It's good ownership, committed ownership. Um, doesn't, you know, I mean, one of the things, those, those contracts to Semyon and Seeger, you know, people talk about it, but you haven't heard ownership or management complain no. about it. You know? They were okay spending the money. Yeah. About performance now. Bosch, Bo, Bruce. See, I I have had this thing. We talked about I have this thing in the back of my head that Bruce Bochy is going to come out of retirement at some point. You think so? Yeah. I I don't know why. I know, I mean, I know a couple of guys who know him that spend time with him in Florida and that. Um, not intimately, but people that I know in the mm-hmm. game. And, I mean, they've told me that they are not entirely convinced that Bruce is, um, that Bruce doesn't have one more job in him. Well, he's coming back for October, right? You you would think your team's lined up and ready to go for October, and you you, know, you don't want the spotlight to be too bright for a manager making the right move. When do you go get that starter? Like, he can answer for it after the game, but I'm Bruce Bochy. Well, yeah. I mean, what are you going to say about it? And you'd have to pay him. If you're willing to pay him and, and yeah. you know, he's willing to come out, I mean, I'm sure if you sweeten the pot enough, you could probably entice it to come to where you want it to come. He's a good dude. I, again, he sent me down. It wasn't him, but it was the organization for the Padres. And he felt bad. He didn't know me. He didn't have to to feel bad. But he's a great dude. He's a great human. He's a good communicator. Like, he talks, he 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 communicates with young. You look at those Giants teams. He cares about the 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th guy on on a roster who's trying to get to the big leagues and stay in the big leagues. And that's a big deal. You need those guys' surprises yeah. to win a World Series, and he'd be good for that. And you look at some of the young guys he had when he managed, the way he handled them, guys like Tim Lincecum and guys like that. Sure. Big, per- young guys, mm-hmm. big personalities. Uh, I'm with you. You've talked about communicating being so important. And, it is and, now. And Bochy, to me, there's a lot of similarities between Bochy and Francona and the way they deal no with players. That makes them very comfortable around young guys. But they've also got enough of a presence that the older guys look at them. First of all, they count the World Series rings in their fingers, but look at them and can go along with what they do as well. I think Boat should be a terrific hire. No question. For the Texas Rangers. Dan Shulman is the Blue Jays play-by-play voice on Sportsnet. Mike Soroka, the Atlanta Braves. They're both ahead of us. they got tickets as well. The giveaway, it's Blair and Barker on 590-360, the Sportsnet radio network, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts.